dfsr.com slash deals gets you the podcast listener started on our premium product that's optimal lineups for nba nfl premium chat premium content all covered under one subscription package go over to dfsr.com slash deals and that's going to get you a seven day free trial and then just 24.95 a month and that's a deal you only get if you're listening to the podcast uh, take the savings run with it go over to the chat room ask people how it's going for them you'll be with us for the long haul dfsr.com slash deals will get you started Buddy, big nine nine games in the NBA right for tonight. Three of them have lines of over ten or more. The other three are have no lines because we're waiting on like pretty significant injury news. And then there's just three games that we kind of know something about and are going to be varying levels of interest. Um, when you see this much uncertainty this early in the day, do you feel like you don't really sweat it because you feel like you know most of it will shake out by the time it's all done, all said and done, or? Do you feel like, oh, there could be like a lot of variance, especially as we're waiting to lock? Because some of these actually injury news is going to be for later games. And we might be in a little bit of a, a, of a bind with maybe some of the most important injury news of the day. Yeah, I don't know that I would worry about it too much. I mean, I think if we have some uncertainty around early games and late games, we can probably still build a good, solid, safe lineup based on the early game news that does come in. And, you know, you've looked at the slate more closely than I have because you wrote the picks last night. But my impression just taking a brief look at the injury log here is that we'll probably know enough to make a pretty good lineup here yep uh we'll get to the the Kawhi news is the big one that's the 10 o'clock game we will get to that as we roll game by game through the slate talking about some injury news talking about some uh where teams are coming in terms of what we think they're going to rotations are going to be talk a little bit some betting lines and and obviously FanDuel and DraftKings plays for cash and for GPP let's start with the Celtics uh take on the Hawks Celtics come in at 12 and a half point favorites over the Hawks team that we've talked a bunch this year that this is about the best team you want to play in DFS they run a very fast pace uh they are pretty bad on defense not the worst defense in the league but uh, they could they, they could contend with it by the end of the season. 12.5 points is a lot. We start worrying about blowouts. The Celtics are good. We'll roll through the injury news. But guys like Kyrie, we know we're going to play. Um, I'll, just, I'll just go through the injury news real quick here. Kyrie is going to play. Horford is out. Baines is on an injury limit, I think. Gordon Hayward is probable to play. And Jalen Brown is questionable. Um, where do you, I mean, I wrote up Kyrie just as maybe like a higher floor play because of the matchup here. But... What do we do with the Celtics in terms of like sort of getting healthier outside of the Horford thing? Yeah, so I don't know how you feel about my firm recommendation for the last slate, Marcus Smart, who went off for 37 fantasy points, but yeah. he played 39 minutes in that Washington game. Uh, if Jalen Brown were to miss again, I would imagine that Smart would be in line for big mid-30s. I think it was minutes. the Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward out that helped Smart. I, th- I think that the Hayward coming back actually – I felt pretty comfortable decreasing some of Smart's minutes. Um, because you always he, want to decrease Smart's minutes. Well, he he just is he gets so little usage. He got there on the back of like he did score eighteen points. So I thought ended up being he, he was a monster. It was not looking that way early in the game. Um, I would the Hayward thing. I, I I do not feel as comfortable being as bullish on Smart's minutes. It was the Hayward and Brown out last game that gets him more run at the wings. 
Um, I, I mean, I don't, you can disagree with that assessment if you think I'm wrong. I would be very uncomfortable putting him at like 35 minutes, I think, um, just based on Hayward. Some of this, some of this uptick in minutes have, has come with Hayward on the bench recently. Uh, yeah, so the other good game Smart had recently was the New Orleans game, which was another game that Jalen Brown missed, but Hayward played. Uh, so you can go back in time, but you're giving me a look. This is good, Now that when, when you make mean looks at me. We're here I, did, I watched so. that game, and I did not think that Hayward played that game, but I, I guess I'm wrong about that. I, I he thought played that, 23 minutes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, um, no, he didn't. No, Hayward sat out that game. So we I'm were, looking right here. Look at the New Orleans game. We might have to cut this out of the podcast. New Orleans, 23 minutes. Oh, I'm talking about the most recent New Orleans game. Cool, I'm not um, talking about that game. I'm talking about the game a week wouldn't ago. Wouldn't it make sense to talk about the most recent New Orleans game? No, because this is the game that Mark, another game that Marcus Smart played a lot oh, this of This is a good podcast. My friend. <laughs> yeah, he, he played 29 in the recent New Orleans game, but he played 39 in the other one. So why don't you taste it? <laughs> I'm not tasting anything. You were, taste I, it, we're, talk, we're, both, we're both correct. Okay, so. Um, yeah, but I, one I, of us has to taste it. <laughs> that's not the taste you're wrong. <laughs> I think if anyone was referencing the New Orleans game, we'd be talking about the most recent one because that's what normal people do. Let's move and on. I was talking about the New Orleans game where Marcus smart played a lot of minutes don't tell i'm not ready to move it'll on. be interesting to see if this makes the final cut okay the uh <laughs> um i mean so outside of this then with a 12 and a half point spread we know celtics are a very good team they run very deep too so they can kind of they can blow you out on the back of just strong organizational philosophy around just how they play would yeah. you be worried about just in, in blowout minutes we can move on after this but would you be worried about just guys getting run off in a blowout like knowing that they're you know pushing up against 13 point home favorites here yeah i'd be a little concerned about it uh Kyrie was a chalk play against Washington he winds up getting there basically on the back of a really strong overtime and played 40 total minutes I think they probably don't need to rely on him as one of their only scorers you know I think Hayward actually being back might matter uh, for Kyrie just a littlest bit too just as another person who can kind of generate a little bit of offense but I think if you picture Kyrie playing 35 minutes in the closest possible game in regulation then you know a projection for 33 to 35 minutes is probably reasonable on that end in a game that has blowout potential great matchup i suspect people will go back to the well but you're also seeing a little bit of a price increase here too and i don't know if that's exactly uh, where i would want to look but i'm also curious to know what you think about the big situation here uh we saw baines come back last game played just 16 minutes uh horford i think ruled out already today uh Thies only played 14 minutes yeah, with baines can. back last week or uh, last game rather do you play either of those guys no nah, I'd, I'd be actually most interested in like marcus morris yeah. if they end up going like small smaller with him playing more for they just rotating the robert williams played a bunch or played some minutes last game too they're not yeah morris has been excellent they're not committed to any of these bigs um on the atlanta side the um i think there's probably if they, the game stays close they have some guys that have are at interesting price points like Dwayne deadman did play over 30 minutes last game he's coming pretty cheap on DraftKings still uh, at only 4300 i could be talking to him uh, i think he played 31 or 32 minutes last game play 31 um you know he's got he's gonna come and go on the fantasy production Get guys like baysmore can come and go on the fantasy production there's these guys are high yeah, i feel like deadman's also risky if boston goes small which they kind of can against the hawks i feel like deadman he wound up getting left out there uh, primarily because the Mavs just kept DeAndre Jordan out there too, and like they couldn't really justify. They needed someone out there to try to get rebounds and bang bodies a little bit. I'd be concerned about Deadman's minutes being maintained against a team that might go smaller. The Knicks uh, go in and face Charlotte. Charlotte's eleven point home favorites here. The Knicks did switch up their starting lineup last game, starting Kevin Knox over Mario Hazonia, who was basically a starter in name only. This is a, yeah. one of the few guys. Almost impossible to do this in this modern-day FanDuel algorithm to be a starter for multiple weeks on a team and to maintain a min, minimum price on, yeah. on FanDuel. Um, just by the nature of minutes, your, your price ticks up because you do something, but not when you're Hazonia and you play 11 minutes and 5 minutes at times <laughs> in the starting lineup. They finally just do away with that. They move Knox into the starting lineup. He ends up actually was not as popular a play last time as I thought he was going to be. We ended up playing him pretty much in every lineup. Um, 
the I'm most I mostly want to hear what you think about Knox because he spent a better part of the season really not rebounding at all on his minutes. Like he would, you know, 29 minutes, five rebounds, 25, two rebounds, 24, two rebounds. This is earlier in the season. Yeah. And then the last couple games in 32 and 41 minutes, he has seven and 15 rebounds. So the early season numbers are not going to maintain that he is able to sustain this kind of rebounding. And I'm just wondering if you think like a roll switch like this, like would we, at what point would we want to make possibly make a manual adjustment on the rebounds? Because if there's a new role, and it sure looks like he can rebound in this new role. Do we trust it, or these could be just like outlier performances? I think it's PEDs. That's what I was thinking when I saw the rebounds coming. <laughs> that was a first. Yeah, no, I think a role switch really matters. I mean, positioning. You know, Kevin Loved actually showed us this early in his career too. That positioning matters as much for rebounding as athleticism. And if you're the type of player who's just around the rim, you're going to get some amount of rebounds just by virtue of sometimes the ball bouncing more towards you than towards other people. Knox has the size to rebound more than four rebounds a game so i think we definitely want to tick up the uh, per game rebounding to be more in line with what he's done uh since being positioned this way so yeah i would be comfortable like the last two games i don't think the 15 against charlotte in 41 minutes is probably outlier status but the seven rebounds and the 32 against cleveland seems totally doable um and obviously the big concern we always have with the knicks is what they're going to do with the rotations guys like moutier always, specifically yeah. Cantor. Um, Vonley, Vonley, these guys, if they, if they, and at times can play 30 to 34 minutes. I know you, th- you threw your hands up in frustration looking at the Vonley game log. Believe me, I did the same, I did the same thing last night. Uh, and some of those games were close, so by the way. Ridiculous. So, um, you know, we've seen last game, we saw low 30s minutes out of most of the starters except for Vonley. Cantor, Cantor <laughs> did play uh, low 30s. Moutier played a lot. Knox played a lot. Um, this game lo- rates to, at least from Vegas's standpoint, rates to be a blowout. How bullish do we want to be in these minutes? Because if we take guys like Cantor, to 30 minutes, Moutier to 33 minutes. You know they just cut Ron Baker. I don't know if that doesn't really matter, but um, if we take these guys to, the if world. we take these guys to like sl- above median minutes, these guys will all kind of start coming in the cash games. I don't know if you feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, I wouldn't trust Cantor. I don't think uh, just because I feel like bigs wind up getting the axe in blowouts more often than guys who can potentially score from three. Uh, also, Cantor is just basically kind of fairly priced on his current production. I would be somewhat comfortable playing Knox. Would not want to play Vonley. Uh, wouldn't touch Tim Hardaway. He's just been overpriced all season, essentially. And I think Moutier, his minutes come and go enough that you're looking at something like a big tournament play. I mean, the fact is, against Charlotte, in the last game they played, he played 19 minutes, right? So I don't know that you want to... And that was at home. I I think going on the road into Charlotte, if they didn't like what they were seeing at home, I don't know why they would like it here. So basically, I think most of the Knicks, if you can manage it, you want to relegate them to big tournament status. But... I think with someone like Knox and how shallow power forward is, if you wind up having to roll it, then I think you just go for it. And then on the Charlotte side, they're another team that has some minutes concerns outside of ev- for basically everyone except for Kemba. Um, like Kemba will play a lot. Marvin Williams will go mid-20s up to 30s, depending on that. Ma- they're just totally matchup dependent. This, this, they're yeah. a team that's very difficult sometimes to get a handle on because they're going to play. Like There's going to be games where they find they have a good matchup with Marvin Williams and they can run him out there for low 30s minutes. And there's other games where they're just not going to see it right from him. And Yeah, they just of, play the Knicks and he played 27 minutes. Exactly. So. And the same kind of thing can be said for Jeremy Lamb, although his floor is probably a little bit higher in the minutes. Uh, guys like Cody Zeller. Um, they, they almost just come and go enough that I'm a little worried. There's some blowout potential here. Uh, and then this being said, the Knicks are still a very good team to play against DFS-wise because their defense is garbage. Like, Cantor's a terrible defender. Um, Moutier is not a very good defender. Uh, and I'm try- and Vonley is, I think, medium at best. So they're just not a, they're not a good defensive team. Uh, let, do, can we just move on from Charlotte here? Or do, you think, do you see any upside so we can roll through some more of these games? No, I mean, you could potentially roll like Cody Zeller, I guess, if you really needed to. But I think by and large, if you just go game, guy by guy here, 
Batum is nowhere near a $5,000 player at the moment. Lamb is probably not a $6,500 player. I just don't think... I think the pricing is just bad on this team. So even in a good matchup, I'm not too interested. Another uh, double-digit spread, Milwaukee goes in and plays Cleveland as 10-point road favorites. Milwaukee is coming off the loss. Uh, their last game they played. Giannis is coming in as not every uh, every lineup guy, and there's so much injury news, I hesitate to say, you know, this is where it's going to end up on DraftKings specifically, where the price uh, over there, and I just had it up in front of me, has fallen down to 11000 on him. But you get a Cleveland team who's one of the worst offensive teams in all of basketball. And now without Tristan Thompson as even like a semblance of a rim protector, they did start chanting Fry last game. Be interesting to see what they do this game. They started chanting Fry, but mostly gave Nance the minutes um you know Giannis is a guy who's we've seen the production come and go played 31 minutes last game went for 12 and 10 seven assists no defensive stats and that's going to just destroy you at these prices uh 19 points and 19 rebounds the game before but only one block like this is a guy who like needs to and I say only the one block because at 11,000 you need to basically do everything you need to or you need to either do everything or you need to do one thing exceptionally well and that's Mm -hmm. usually score do you see this as a case as a bounce back game for Giannis our DraftKings, the DraftKings pricing <clears throat> sure makes he's in 100 percent alliance right now. Where did you feel about Giannis? And then we can talk about the Cleveland side. Yeah, I mean, I think when the price comes down on someone like Giannis, you can start to get pretty interested. Uh, actually, the biggest thing I wind up getting concerned about when it comes to him is the assist numbers, uh, because if they wind up using him a little bit differently, you can see the assist tail off. I think that the other production, the points and the rebounds, should be relatively steady. Uh, I'm not at all concerned after seeing you know, four games where he goes 15, 22, 19, and 12, unless the next thing is bothering him more than we suspect, which I would guess it wouldn't be, given that he banged out 15 and 19 rebounds into those games. I think the scoring comes back up to where we've seen it over the course of the whole season. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned at all that Cleveland is somehow going to have the silver bullet to stop him from getting into the lane and just creating chaos. So I think Giannis is due for a little bit of a bounce back here. Um, one another guy from this game that I'm curious to know your thoughts on is just Larry Nance. I know you pointed to him, but he was an 84% start even off the bench. Granted, we got the fry news somewhat late. Uh, his price has jumped by 1,200 on Fanduel, but he paid it last game. He's paid this price for, you know, if you squint a little bit and th- for three games in a row. And last game he did it. He scored 44 fantasy points with three points from the field. I don't know if I've seen anyone score that many fantasy points. You could probably do a fancy database query on it, but. 44 fantasy points with three points from the field. What do you think about Nance tonight at an upticked $7,000 price tag? We'll pause the podcast at the end. I'll do a query on it so I can throw the stat in at the end. <laughs> I, I, can write, I can write that pretty quick. So the um, okay. So my thoughts on Nance are, I think the plan is that they wanted to just keep him just a little bit with the second unit like they had done before and possibly in that game against New York, maybe if there was, if there was foul trouble to be had against Canner, it was just going to be on Fry, go Fry's way and that was going to be the plan, right? I think that like okay. I don't think the plan was to play at any point to play Fry a lot of minutes. I think obviously no, Nance playing 33 signals that you're not you cannot trust the three blocks and three steals uh, that's how you get this many fantasy yep. points by not scoring so you can't just pencil anybody in for six defensive stats <laughs> in a given oh, game yeah. but i think i would feel comfortable going low 30s minutes with him he's a versatile enough defender that you can switch him on the giannis and not worry about getting totally destroyed especially and like and the way that the milwaukee's been playing brooke lopez has been to play him basically as a perimeter five so He's not a guy. Like, they're not going to get down and dirty and and bang Brook Lopez into Larry Nance. It's just not how the Bucks are playing right now. So I would actually feel comfortable if they could stay close, being aggressive on his minutes, and knowing that you can get buzzed very hard if the defensive stats do not come in here for him. So um, right. that's kind of where I land on Nance. Um, just Milwaukee's not a team you need to go big against. That's just not how they play. You actually want to have as many versatile defenders as, as possible. The rest of these Cleveland guys, 
like Jordan Clarkson's minutes come and go. Alex Burks' uh, minutes and usage come and go. They played Delvadova minutes. I don't. There's nothing else I really like on this team. They have too many yeah, guards. Delvadova arriving kind of has killed Sexton's value too. Yep. He was a, kind of an interesting off-brand value play for a little while there, but. Yeah, I think the price is probably a little bit too high if Delhi is even going to chew up, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game. So, uh, you, know, you know, he's got some history there, played in 15 and 21 and did some scoring too. So he was effective in those first two games with them. Yeah, I think he kills a decent amount of that value. Washington goes in and plays Brooklyn. Brooklyn, one and a half point favorites over the Wizards. The Wizards are wow. beginning, are in the old, some something's got to shift and go, I think, probably from this team. I, don't, I, I actually cannot believe the coach hasn't been fired yet, um, just the way that this season has gone so far. Uh, basically because they've been, I would say, like relatively healthy this season, all things considered. They have lost their last three games to Boston, Indiana, and they had a loss to Cleveland in there after winning three games in a row. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that Brooks is still around as a coach. But they're one-and-a-half-point underdogs here to the, to the Nets. And the injury news that's most important for us here is Otto Porter. Otto Porter sat last game. Jeff Green got the start at small forward, just destroyed value, played like 40 minutes, something like that. Um, but we just don't have the Porter news. Run me through your thoughts on the Wall, Beal, uh, and then I guess like the rest of the Wizard guys. And then we get I, I, there's nothing to talk about with Brooklyn. They don't play any other guys enough <laughs> minutes. So I'm not I'm not from a cash game perspective. I'm not interested in Brooklyn. But what are your thoughts here on how what's got, kind of going on with Washington season? I think they will see this as a pride game, and they'll continue to run their good players out for as much as they can. Uh, Wall played 40 minutes against Boston. Uh, granted, that game went to overtime, but 35 minutes in regulation, that sounds about right to me here. Uh, I think Beal, like, and I think Wall still priced at a point where you could play him in a really good matchup here and kind of get there. Uh, Beal, I'm a little bit more concerned about him, frankly. The minutes, they can get really high. Like, the ceiling on Beal's minutes is extremely high, actually. But... We've also seen plenty of times where he can play that ceiling in minutes and score you 30 fantasy points. Uh, he's super, super scoring dependent. I don't know why he's priced the way he is. I, I think it's a combination of when Wall was out and him being a bigger-named player or something, but it just hasn't come to fruition. And even in a good matchup here, I can't say I would be super excited. Uh, what's your Otto Porter contingency plan if he winds up not playing? Are we going to go back to Jeff Green? I mean, the guy's seen a, a 33% price increase uh, off of a yeah, truly great performance against Boston, where he led the team in minutes. You know, Brooklyn's good at defending super. wings, uh, yeah. so like it's not it's not great. But at forty eight hundred, I would probably still do it if you thought like the minutes ceiling was something like thirty or oh, the minute ceiling's forty minutes. Then you just you That's have to I play mean, at forty eight hundred. Yeah. You have to play him. Um, I think that I'd be fine playing him. I don't think the price on DraftKings came up as much. Uh, maybe it did. So um, the I think I'd be fine running Green back out there again, and I wouldn't be overly excited about it. One thing I will say about Washington, and one thing you can sometimes feel pretty good about the minutes-wise for Beal, Wall, whoever they start at the wings, the core group, is that when the coach is on the hot seat and the team needs to win, that is when that's how you get 40-minute games consistently out of guys like Beal. Like, they just, because they're just, they're not playing for next year. They're playing for, like, tomorrow and to, like, make it to Christmas Day or yeah, make, make it to Christmas and still have a job. And like I said with Brooklyn, I'm not all that interested. A 7.30 game, Indiana goes in and plays Philly. No line in this game right now because no the Jimmy Butler news is going to hang out there. Yep. This is one I'm, you know, with the 7.30 start, my guess is we are, have this resolved well before, uh, just have it resolved well before game time. So I'm not all that worried. He's questionable with the groin injury right now. Muscala was sick and sat out last game as well. We saw Korkmaz got, got the start last game and was fantastic on a fantasy points per dollar, but he was just fantastic just in, just in general. His price has come up a little bit. Is it just too early to tell? He's at 4900 on FanDuel. Um, is it too early to tell with the Jimmy Butler stuff? Like, do we just need to kind of wait and you jump in the chat closer to lock and then we'll kind of have this resolved? Because I, right now it seems 
it's kind of hard to talk about it except to say Corkmus is probably just a play again if Butler's out. Yeah, Corkmus is close to me, actually. I mean, if you look at how he's put up his points in the last couple of games, it's been on the back of a lot of scoring. I don't know if this team, if the plan is to rely on Corkmus for scoring with Butler out. I mean, they still have plenty of guys who want to get shots up. And last game, three steals and six assists. And I don't know if any of those numbers is sustainable uh, with Butler out. I think 4,800 sounds fair to me. I think he's playable at that. But, you know, we played him at 42 in a better matchup. And he just needed he needed a little bit to go his way to be to totally go off, by the way. Like, he was really, really good. Uh, only 20% of the field played him. I don't know if we would go back to the well there or not. Uh, I just want to look at it as we get a little bit closer. I will say they used, I watched this game, they used Korkmaz in much of the way they used Covington and not the way they used Butler, which is to say they he was very active. Like, he's very active running off screens and getting shots. He's not going to shoot 58% from the field, like I don't think consistently. Yeah, and, exactly. And the way they used him is going to get him pretty good shots. Like, when you share the court with Embiid and Simmons and you sure. are active around the perimeter, you are going to get good looks. Like, we see this from J.J. Redick as well. We saw it from Covington, even though he couldn't really yeah, knock enough. him down. So, I would feel comfortable at 35 minutes playing Corkmas, even with the price increase, knowing that the scoring probably does come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, Embiid and Simmons were locks for us with no Butler last time. They were not as locked in for other people, which I was a little bit surprised yeah, about. Yeah, Simmons 20% on. But they, and I was, I was kind of shocked by that, but I guess that was a night where there was some other point guard value. Um, yeah. it, the Indiana matchup is much worse than what they got against Brooklyn. Indiana's right. a very good defensive team. Um, even with There's the same defensive team, basically, with, with or without Oladipo. When so Oladipo will play tonight. Actually, Oladipo, it's interesting. I wonder if we see his minutes come back up. People only played 29 minutes in his first game back, and I would guess that he'll... Those minutes will rebound. I gave him a ten percent minute increase on the game to game. I could be wrong about that. He could play easily, play thirty five. Sounds right, and that me. would be. Um, I was always I always have a little trouble understanding where teams are going to go with increasing minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're getting the same kind of value in Embiid and Simmons anymore. Again, Indiana is a very good defensive team, and they play relatively slow. All right. Speaking of slow, Miami goes in and plays Memphis in a game that has no over under right now. I'm actually not exactly sure why Goran Dragic has already been ruled out for this game. Um, the the Conley's Conley was probable. Yeah, Conley was probable, and Hassan Whiteside, who was out for the team because of the birth of a child, is actually probable to play tonight. So he's back traveling with the team. I don't know if it's just this matchup on a, on a nine-game slate. If this is really where we want to be, especially with guys mostly coming back. I mean, Tyler Johnson should draw the start for Dragic. Didn't play a ton last game, but it was a blowout. Would Tyler Johnson rate to? May be a play here even with Dragic out knowing this this matchup is almost as bad as you get from a DFS perspective yeah I mean when you see these two teams going against each other your gut tells you that you just want to skip it altogether yep. uh, Tyler Johnson I mean maybe on the bare minimum price I would be a little bit more interested but the Heat have a decent number of options in terms of bringing the ball up the court in the past I mean and I, I think they just think poorly of Tyler Johnson. That's just my gut from following this team somewhat closely over the years like I, there was a game earlier this season where Everyone and their mother played Tyler Johnson, and they just he just went with Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow taking the ball up the court for basically the whole game. And Johnson played 20 minutes, so I don't know that he's a guy I would want to invest in in a you know medium to bigger slate. Yeah, and Miami is just like one of these teams too. It's just like good luck figuring out what Coach oh, Spo yeah. wants to play in terms of defensive rotations because they're not answering anyone. <laughs> that is that is where that's where you get kind of lost. But and Memphis is not the game no. where you kind of take that chance on. By the way, exactly. Memphis slowest team in the league and fourth best defense. So if you're yeah. looking for the mashup of where you don't want to jam in guys in a game, this is the one. All right, the ten o'clock. So we had, that was like an eight o'clock game. Then we, we jumped to ten o'clock. Hour, we had a two hour right. break and we jumped to ten o'clock. And the problematic piece of this ten o'clock game is obviously Kawhi Leonard. So. Kawhi, just to walk everyone through the injury news on Kawhi. The game against the Clippers, he on Tuesday, he was questionable going into the game, but everyone thought 
that questionable tag was slapped on him because he had sat every one side of every back-to-back this season. And so a lot of people thought it was like a nod to, oh, they just need to put a questionable tag on it because, you know, the commissioner's like, hey, you got to have like something on if he's not going to play. He doesn't play. But then he didn't play against Golden State either, which is, so that's, you know. Well, they points. didn't need him, to be fair. They just wanted to rest him for a night. They're, they're undefeated without him. They've, I think their margin, <laughs> I think like their point, their margin of victory with it, when he doesn't play is like they're averaging like 15 points like per, like per, per victory. They're just amazing. Sure. They're amazing with him on the court and they're amazing with him off the court. What are we going to do with this news? If we if it's 7 o'clock and we don't have Kawhi news and you're playing on FanDuel where we can't late swap, because the problem is if he doesn't play, the guys in his stead become like the best plays, like Van Vliet, right. Siakam, Abaka. This game should stay close. I mean, Lowry to some degree kind of jumped back in uh, last game. What do we do with this if we if, if the Kawhi news is still hanging out? This is like kind of ma- this kind of makes or breaks the slate here. It really does. I think if the, if we simply do not have the news, I think you can't assume that he will miss again. And I think that's, or I'm sorry, you can't assume that he'll come back and play. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, and. That's going to really ding down, guys. Like, you know, Siakam is showing up in our system right now. That's going to ding down all these guys who see usage bumps when he's out. Uh, Danny Green in particular. I think you'll see Danny Green wind up being out there for similar numbers of minutes, but he just winds up getting a lot of the same opportunities in the offense that Kawhi gets. And so he just moves down the totem pole and uh, is already priced at a point where you have to think about it a little bit, even when Kawhi's out. So, yeah, Portland, basically a league average matchup. I don't think you need to stretch it and try to jam Toronto guys in here just because they're like I don't know like when we think about situations like this I would like to be in the position where you know we talk about this with punt plays too I'd like to be in the position where a guy was like already like sort of an okay play but Kawhi being out would make them a great play we don't have that here we have guys whose prices have come up on the basis of grid performances when Kawhi has been out and we're just inviting extra risk into our lives, basically. Okay, so well, two other one other note that I forgot to mention is that um, well, two other things. One is that Jonas Valanciunas is out, actually out for the next month, so I I would be a little more comfortable going the Siakam and Ibaka route, knowing that there's no. I don't think we're going to see like Greg Monroe translate no, the 15 right. to 20 minutes that Jonas was getting right in there. I mean, maybe we get like a random Monroe start because of Nurkic playing. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I, I wouldn't try, even if he started. I wouldn't like go crazy with the minutes at all because I would. I, that's just that hasn't really been their plan. So I'd be a little more comfortable with them going like Abaka and Siakam at the five and maybe taking their minutes, even if the usage wasn't totally there, the minutes in like the low 30s in a close game against a Portland team that does have some like sort of like right. versatile bigs. I, I feel a little better there. One other note, I, we talked about this in the chat room leading into the Clippers game that I have been very concerned that, that Kyrie, La- uh, Kyrie geez, Kyle Lowry was playing very hurt because yeah, he went through a four game funny. independently I, I thought the same thing when I was looking at uh, writing up I Toronto never game. ever make adjustments short term adjustments on players if I think they are hurt except that he went through a four game stretch where he took eight shots or less on regular minutes yeah I wrote that was exact awful, thing was awful on him and then did an 0 for 5 performance and I was like I'm very concerned that he hurt and then he responds to that with <laughs> uh, his last two games he, he shoot 17 for th- 17 for 31 from the field 6 for 15 from 3 was just awesome so well uh, with Leonard out right well with Leonard out but the thing was one of these games had Leonard out as well like he was just like he was not shooting he, even with Leonard oh, in, one he of those was, earlier games yeah he was shooting like four, he was shooting 12 to 14 times a game basically Um, and, and you know with 40 to 50% field goal percentage and he just had bottomed out after he sat out because of a back injury. So I was that's it was the, it was the back injury comes back can't shoot at all and I was like this is actually the sign of someone being hurt. That was not the case. So I'm kind of um, walking that one back. What about Portland Toronto with or without Kyrie? Toronto's is awesome. Like I just don't it, And it, Portland is one of these teams that just has no players when you just even like casual DFS players don't play Portland guys for the most part right. because even if you just divide their fantasy points 
into their price, it, the math doesn't work. You just can't play this game. You basically need Blazers on a short slate or with CJ or something. You need someone injured. Like you basically yeah. need someone injured or on a very short slate. Okay, ten o'clock game. OKC goes in and plays Denver. Two seventeen over under. One of the lowest of the, of the slate here because Denver and OKC are both pretty good defensive teams. OKC okay, like, is an excellent. Defensive yeah, they're team. um and now the, the the what you're getting for Denver here is that they are playing incredibly shorthanded. Uh, Will Barton is set to come back in a game or two, so that's going to help them. But Gary Harris is still out. Paul Millsap's going to miss a lot of time with a broken foot. They actually started Mason Plumley last game, and he played a lot. Now, some analytics people have been calling on them to play Plumley and Jokic more together because it like spaces the floor, and Plumley can kind of bang, and like they can have Jokic working around the perimeter. It seemed to kind of work. I'm wondering one if you trust they go back to it in this matchup specifically, and where you would stand on Plumley from a points per dollar perspective. Because right now he's 5,600 on Fanduel. If you thought he was going to play 30 to 34 minutes in this game, like. He becomes basically just a guy that you can play at center. Uh, he played 35 last game against Memphis. Uh, thoughts here? Uh, let's, we'll just start with Denver here about what they're doing with the rotations. Yeah, it's tricky. So, you know, Lyles obviously was the shining object when the Millsap news first came in. He played 38 minutes against Atlanta and rebounded the ball pretty well, but didn't really contribute a whole lot else. And I think, you know, people pictured him as being that nice compliment to Jokic. And again, it didn't totally work out that way. Uh, they change it up in the Memphis game. Plumlee's now the guy out there. He scores a little bit better, rebounds almost identically, but uh, was stronger on the defensive end. And I think in a game like this, going up against OKC, it's you really have to ask yourself, you know, would they rather have probably Lyles' versatility? He's probably slightly more versatile than Plumlee, who kind of has to stay closer to the basket. Or would they rather have... Yeah, and it's it's close to me because OKC doesn't really outside of Adams they get small pretty quick, and I wonder if they'll need if they'll prefer Lyles here. So I don't know that I want to be in the speculation business in terms of trying to guess which direction they're going to go here. It's like I don't know if Denver has totally made up their mind just on the basis of two games. I would love to have a shoot around. I will say one thing on Plumlee. Plumlee is one of these guys. He's fifty six hundred on Fanduel, and let's say you didn't have the news. He's a guy that probably doesn't just completely destroy you, even if he's coming in off the bench. So my point being here is that like played he's, 19 minutes in the prior game, it went three x, but he played 20 the game before and was had 23 points, 19 with 27 points, 18 with 25 points. So he he does point per minute enough that I'm saying that like if you wanted to speculate that the minutes like like stay around 25, I don't think it destroys you. I wouldn't feel great about it. Uh, so don't get me wrong yeah. there. I it's not it's not that I feel awesome about it, but he he strikes me as one of these guys that like unlikely to be on Fanduel your drop. Um, when it's all said and done, and it would be Hope close, so. and I would like to, and I would, I would love to have the news going in. What about uh, the OKC side? We've seen guys like uh, PG and Russ have pretty high ownership in the last couple of days. Those two guys seem to be just the, they are just the team at this point in terms of fantasy right. production. And George has been able to sustain a high fantasy floor, even sharing the court with Russ. Is this the kind of matchup you want to grab them in? Not especially. I mean, Denver playing the third slowest pace with the seventh best defensive efficiency this year, quietly one of the very worst DFS matchups, which is something that not a lot of us are used to. Uh, Denver historically has been an excellent DFS matchup, so you hate to see that. And just playing in Denver with the altitude issues and stuff like that, you know, you could see minutes come down. There's there's a lot of things that can kind of go wrong. And on a night with some other options, you know, you have Boston going against Atlanta, the Washington guys going against Brooklyn, uh, even those Philly guys with Butler potentially being out. I don't know that I want to stretch for Westbrook or George. And final game of the slate, Golden State goes in and plays Sacramento. Golden State seven and a half point favorites uh, against the Kings. They're coming off the loss to they're coming off the loss to the Raptors the other night. We did see a return. Ugly. Yeah, ugly in the minutes just like really weren't there. The game was basically a blowout. Um 
where do you? I mean, Curry's not. A, we, the system doesn't mind Curry, especially on FanDuel at sub ten thousand. The way he's been shooting this year, uh, doesn't mind Durant either right now at ten thousand. Do you think we're getting these guys ticked down enough because the team's getting healthy against a Kings team that plays a pretty fast pace? Uh, they started the season, yeah. season playing at a slower pace that that has ticked up over the course of the season. Very high total for this game, uh, especially on the uh, Golden State side. And we might just be getting these guys slight discounts. Are these guys cash game plays? Right now, the system kind of wants to put in Curry and Durant together on FanDuel. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I mean, Sacramento, uh, well, last year was the year they played slow. This year, they've been playing fast throughout the whole season and currently the second fastest pace in the whole NBA. So, yeah, they're just on paper an excellent matchup. And, you know, as the pace has come up, the defense is basically slightly worse than league average. Yep. So I think that in a matchup like that, you can play these guys on the Warriors. I think it helps that you're getting a slight discount, probably based on what they normally are at. The Warriors oftentimes have this like slight bump where the guys are a little bit too expensive and you can almost like never play Curry, for instance. It's very tough to play Durant when nobody is out. But I think right now, Durant at 10K, Curry at 9,400. I think those are both totally credible plays in one of the faster matchups here. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, and at the Kings side, they're another team that I like to, from a DFS angle, like to have someone kind of out for them. Uh, oh, yeah. When they're fully healthy, it's a little tough on the healed Bogdanovich side. Um, you know, Bagley. And Fox, too, is just too expensive. Fox has been too expensive the whole season. I don't, I don't think know. that's a guy we He had like one game. He was 6,200. People played him, and now he's been 8,000 the rest yeah. of the season. Uh, a couple of just, look, bet, just scrolling through our system with some of the betting lines tonight. It's a little hard because there's not some lines in some of these games, like we said. Right, right. Doesn't mind Milwaukee covering the 10.5 against Cleveland. That might actually have ticked up to 11.5. So check that one out. Kind of doesn't mind Atlanta sort of covering against Boston, but I'm a little distrustful of that. Um, just to uh, probably need to weigh in on that a little bit more. And also, it actually doesn't mind uh, the Mi- Miami, what they can do against Memphis. Memphis is favorite right now Doesn't uh, by five and a half. Doesn't mind Miami covering that and possibly maybe uh, a, maybe a unit or two, a half a unit or something like that on the money line because actually we have this game way closer to just even than the five and a half would suggest. All right, we're going to get out of here. I was not able to write this query, but what was the query? Oh, most most fantasy points with least amount of points scored. There I'll, I'll try to look that up. Uh, I'll look that up before we post the podcast. All right, dfsr.com slash deals will get you started uh, that includes optimal items for FanDuel and DraftKings NBA NFL NHL as well it's not something we're advertising to the public yet um, as we sort of just roll through our testing phase and that but as up for users uh, on a nightly basis premium chat premium content it's all under, covered under one subscription package so go check that out dfsr.com slash deals will get you started buddy I'm about to write a query most points without Let's any go. points goodbye Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Fall is finally here, and so is Old Navy's big fall sale. Get thousands of styles from just five bucks. All your fall favorites are on sale now. Layer up with $5 tees and $10 long sleeve tees for the whole family, and stock up on sweaters and dresses for just $15. Plus, save even more with up to 75% off clearance styles. Don't miss out. Hurry in for thousands of styles from just five bucks now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1015 to 1025, select styles only. 